Welcome, this is Josh Rees with Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. For more information about our church, please visit our website, milehighchurch.org. Ah, oh, lovely, lovely. Ooh, and the, the gong. I just, I really have the desire to, to bang that gong. But I, I, I'm going to resist. Oh my God, the pressure. I'll give. How did you get here? Oh, there it is. Oh, man, it's like an obstacle course. Okay, everybody, here, let's go together. Give it a nice. Wow. Okay. Oh, we are getting one of those in Simi Valley. I can feel that coming now. It'll go great with the quartz crystal bowls. I do a little sound bass with the quartz crystal bowls. <sighs> That's beautiful. You know, whew, that was that, mm, the vibration of spirit. One of my uh, early instructors said, when you guest speak somewhere, you should, you should own the stage. So pardon me for a minute if I just own the stage. Please tell him I'm owning, owning the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thing I like about the music this morning, I don't know if you caught the theme, principles. I was talking about principles. Gravity is a principle, right? We were up at Silverthorne. Where's Steve? We were up at Silverthorne this week, and we were watching the, I was watching folks coming down the creek. Gravity pulls us down the water, right? And the water, the fluid, the spirit is fluid, looking to find form through the thoughts that we hold. So the music sets us up very much for the talk this morning. As soon as I can, oh, load it. There it is. Yay. <laughs> Y'all look good. <laughs> yeah, this feels great. I, I, was in the, I was on the leadership council for a while, and I, I came to Mile High a few times, came down the hill from, from up there where the Buffalo roam, and uh, would visit a few times. But to, to be here now is such a wonderful experience. And so thank you. Thank you to Reverend Michelle and to Josh for inviting me to come and, and for your welcome in this lovely community, so it's, it's really wonderful. And what I want to talk to us about today is what makes us such a lovely community, what makes us such lovely people, but also makes us kind of grump sometimes, kind of monster sometimes. It comes to me that we need to figure out how to move from those spaces, and that's why we come here, to figure out how to move from those spaces. Now, when I came into religious science, I knew nothing about the Bible, I went to a Bible school a few times. My dad being a psychologist, my dad's right here sitting in front. He was, one, he was smart enough to know that if he, for, yeah, give him some love. I do. <laughs> we call him Lou Dad. So if you see him later, Lou Dad is absolutely, it's the proper way. Or Dr. Lou Dad if you like titles. But I was told that a title is, is something trying to, nothing trying to appear as something. So we want to be careful of titles. But what he did for me was give me the opportunity to develop my own understanding of things. And we moved a lot. We went to different churches a lot. And as a result of the moving around and going to all the different churches and having a dad who turned me on early into critical thinking, I was the kind of kid in Sunday school that the Sunday school instructor only raised, like I raised my hand, only one time would they answer. Because the next time I was asking those hard questions 
those hard questions about spirituality that I come to understand through the process of studying religious science, being a religious scientist, studying the science of mind, participating in the Centers for Spiritual Living. Woo! We are a lot. We are a handful. We're religious scientists practicing the science of mind at an organization called the Centers for Spiritual Living. It's easier to say I go to church and I like it. But what I've come to understand through this teaching is that the parables that Jesus told were so powerful. Dr. Holmes believed in them very much so, so much so that half of the textbook is about the teachings of Jesus. So when a Christian of the more traditional, not even traditional, I don't want to say it's tradition because it's kind of a new thing, but the, the Christians of today who say, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? I say yes. And they say, do you believe he died on the cross for our sins? I say no. And their brains go, what? <laughs> but through his teachings, through those parables, I've been able to distill some of the things that Dr. Holmes taught us to distill through those teachings. Now, I don't know anything about sheep, and I wouldn't want to turn water to wine because I'm a recovering person, and if I did so, there'd be no water left on the planet. <laughs> so I don't deal in those kind of parables, but I do have a parable for you today. And the parable is... What's in your wallet? <laughs> I'm serious. What's in your wallet? Let's just see. Well, there's a driver's license. Yay. Okay. Ooh, money. Do you fold your money? And if you do, which direction do you fold it? It's very interesting. I was taught this in a prosperity class not that long ago. Well, a long time ago, but I still do it. Fold it this way so it says, in God we trust on the outside. Yeah, uh-huh. Who needs the ancestors? I don't care about Lincoln, Washington, but I do care about trusting in God. Uh-huh. Okay. Got my HEM card. Oh, Biggs Box shopping card. Got to have that. Yes, indeed. Oh, do you recognize this? Anyone? No? You guys don't ride the metro here? This is my metro pass. This is how we got from the airport. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, here. Oh, mm, mm. Coupons. Got a coupon. This one is... Ooh, this is $10 off. It sprouts. Got to keep that in case I need to get towed away somewhere. Uh -huh. Oh, this is my fun one. I love this one. I have an electric car. This came two years of free electricity. I just push this up against the machine and instant charging for the car. Only takes an hour. Not bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, the botanical. This is, this is Huntington Gardens. I understand you guys have a really cool botanical garden here. Come to L.A., come to the Huntington Garden. It's gorgeous. It's a lovely place to be. Yeah, oh, and got to have your health card because yeah. you want to stay healthy, right? So we all have our different things, and then some things. Starbucks. But we need to go through. Yes, yeah, Starbucks. But you know what? This card, well, this card's expired. Some things we need to throw. <laughs> some, and that's the point. Some things we need to take out of our wallets. We need to get rid of these things. See, our wallets and our minds are the same thing. The, the, we put the valuable contents of our life in our wallet, we put the valuable beliefs of our life in our minds. Just as you sometimes need to clean out your wallet, you sometimes need to clean out your mind to lift yourself to a new level of consciousness so that you can have the experience of joy that we are here to have. And it comes down to separating sometimes our beliefs from the believer. Separating the, conscious, the contents from the content holder. This is why I'm asking you, What's in your wallet? What's in your wallet? It's really important. You know, we, uh, as a kid, we used to like to watch uh, Let's Make a Deal. Yep. And uh, 
One, one Sunday or one, one, one evening, we were watching Let's Make a Deal, and, and suddenly out comes our cousin, and she made it through the end of, to the big deal, and, and the door is open, and Jay Stewart said, you won a car. It was awesome. She won a car on Let's Make a Deal. But you know, I used to always have people that he would give money to if you had something in your purse or in your wallet or your whatever. So this is, this is the point about the things that are valuable we carry in our wallets, the things that are valuable we carry in our minds. He asked a father if they had a picture of their kid in their wallet. And this one dad raises his hand, yeah, I do. He pulls it out, and it's a picture. It's that little two-by-three picture that you get in elementary school. Remember those pictures? And in the five-by-seven, you give that to your auntie, and the eight-by-ten, you give that to your grandparents. <laughs> you know, that one, right? And, and Monte Hall says, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a picture of a father who's doing something with their kids. I want the father in the picture with the kids. And there was one guy that had one. A picture of him pushing his kids on the swing. Because that was what was important for him. That's what was valuable for him. That's the content of his wallet, indicating the content of his mind, how much he loved his family. Our contents that we hold in this little thing reflect the contents that we hold right here. This is the parable we're going to understand today and the parable we're going to try to unpack because the idea is that we must periodically go through and clean that thing out so that we can more deeply reveal the self-expression of who we are here to be so that we can, can open ourselves up into the commonality of life itself and, and understand how dependent we are on all of life. Now, there is a common theme running through us all. Years ago, Josh talked about being at North Hollywood, there was a guy there that came. He was calling himself a healer. And I was inspired by this guy. His name was Ron Roth. And he came to do physical healings. And I was kind of like, yeah. I was only new to science of mind, the power of the mind to do things. And I thought, oh, I don't know. But he caught me. He caught his energy. He had just had a stroke, and he'd healed himself from his stroke. And he had just about everything back, except his left arm was still a little bit bothering and I was so full of the journey of science of mind and what it had done for my life. I thought, I'm going to go up. He was asking people to come up. I said, I'm going to go up and I'm going to heal his arm. So I went up to him and I, and I held his arm and I'm praying with him and I'm treating for his arm. And he listens and then he says, that was beautiful, but it's my other arm. <laughs> but he did something else that was amazing at that time. Let's try a religious science experiment right now. Everyone close your eyes. Get centered in your space. <coughs> now, I want you to take a breath, raise up your hand, and point to yourself. Okay. Now keep your hand where it is, open your eyes, and look around. Most of us are pointing at our hearts. Wow, is that amazing? That's the commonality of all of us. We are living from our hearts, a thinking, breathing part of our existence. That's where we're living. And those of you that were pointing to your head or whatever, hey, it's okay. It's okay. Because that's a part of you too. And everything that happens has to come through your head and eventually land in your heart. It's a long journey, but you'll get there. Don't worry. No shame. This is science of mind. We don't do that. We don't do that. But Ernest Holmes says that we are constituted that way. He says that we are so constituted that the greatest self-expression includes our relationship with others and our relationship with everything in life. 
And that relationship is based on love. It's based on that heart connection that I was just talking about. You see, we come here in this experience. We pop out here on the planet ready to be loving beings. How many of you have ever met a baby you did not love? I mean, it's just, you look at him and they, oh, good, what you do? You start talking that crazy talk. You know, your voice goes up six or seven octaves. Their eyes light up and you go even deeper into it. Because that love is so powerful. But along the way, stuff starts happening. And we start learning. We start learning that, you know, that's not, that's not what, what we want. But we, we, we choose. I got a little bit ahead of ourselves. We, we choose this idea of oneness. We choose this expression, and we come here ready for it. We don't come here with any enemies. We don't come here with, with any of that. See, we possess this capacity within us for oneness in each and every part of our being. It's our strength. And that same capacity for oneness it equals our capacity for healing, for healing ourselves and healing the planet through this experience, through digging through the beliefs that we're holding that no longer serve that innate desire for oneness, that no longer serve that innate desire to be the expression of love. Thomas Merton has a lovely quote that I'd like to share with you. He says that if in loving people, we do not love what they are, but only their potential likeness to ourselves, then we do not love them. We only love the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. How many times are you looking for you in another person, and if you don't find enough of you in that person, you don't like that person anymore? You're ready to unfriend them from Facebook, unfollow them on Instagram, stop tweeting Twitter or whatever with them because of something that is not a part of who they really are. But in truth, we're all an amalgamation of everything. All of our DNA, this new DNA testing, we find out we're a mixture of this, that, and the other. We're all Heinz 57s. We're all mutts. You know, you go to the pound, you get a dog. You, what do you call that dog? You call it, that's a Heinz 57. You know? I love that guy, Henry Heinz. Made me look him up. You know, when, he's doing, when he came up with that slogan, the Heinz 57, it was because he saw another ad. He was looking for a way to promote his new business. And he saw another ad, and it said, uh, 21 ways to serve. And he thought, oh, I like that counting of that. How many different varieties of products do we have? And he started counting. He got to 57 pickles, sauerkraut, peas, green soup. He went all the way up to 65. He kept going. And then he said, mm, you know what? There was something about that number 57. He was a very religious man. I don't think he understood the subconscious value of that number. Number 57, think about that, added together, 5 and 7, you come up with 12, 12 months of the year, 12 disciples, power, pretty powerful number, number of wholeness and completion as well. You put those two numbers together, 1, 2, you get 3, the triune nature, the, the, the love, the law, the soil, the plant, the spe spirit, all the things that we study in science of mind classes. Very powerful idea, this 57. There's more of us, there's more things about us that are in common than we can possibly count. And so as we go into the contents of our mind and look at the things that are deep within us and understand that these differences are only the things we made up, as I said, when we're born here with the baby and everything like that, we don't, we, you know, we make our friends and we also make our enemies. 
We're not guaranteed to have one or the other. We're not even guaranteed to love our relatives, which is why we have friends. <laughs> I'm fortunate. I love mine. I don't say that just because he's here. I'm so blessed. We talk two or three times a week like pals. It's a wonderful experience to have a dad like that. We choose. We choose who we like. We choose who we dislike. And in the dislike choices, in the dislike choices, sometimes we choose to not like the person instead of choosing the source of the problem, which is the action that the person may have. I was telling a story about peas. We were talking about old stories the other day with Dad, and, and, and there was a time I did not like peas. I mean, really did not like them. I'm a stubborn little guy. I wouldn't eat my peas. Eat your peas, son. No, I don't want to. You eat those peas or you will see them again. And I did at the next meal and the next meal. Until finally those peas looked like pea soup without the split. I was like, oh my God, my mother's pleading, please don't make him eat the peas anymore. Please give him a break. You know, he finally did give me a break. I didn't eat those peas because I won because I was stubborn. But then a friend of mine who's a vegan made this meal one day and it was so good. I'm like, this is so tasty. What are those little green things? Peas. Oh. This is why we must go through the contents of our mind because sometimes thoughts that we had that were old, we'll come back and look at them again and they become new again because the universe really loves newness. God is all about novelty. doesn't like to do things the same way over and over again. But when we choose that other way, not the love way, but the hate way, and get caught up in that hate, we can become so venomous about our hate of the person instead of the action that we feel like we're t we want them to drink poison, but in truth, we're drinking the poison, and they're just lolly 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 about their way, not caring anything about it. Dr. Holmes has a, a solution to this. He says that, that let us try to find God in ourselves and each other and not be afraid to look for him in human events. Let's not be afraid to look for spirit in the human events. And if we can look for spirit in the human events, maybe we can forgive the eventors, the persons that make the things happen, and get down to the truth that we are all in this thing celebrating the heart connection and looking for that heart connection. Maybe we can move through our mental inventory of those thoughts and beliefs that no longer serve us and toss some out like I did the Starbucks card so that we can make room to reveal more God in everything that we we do. You see, we, we get us a chance here to, by this process of review, by this process of disposal, we get to reveal the allness of God in everything. We get to see clearly the divine harmony that's available to each and every one of us. And in that, in that revealing of the divine harmony, what begins as discord turns into joy turns into happiness. The discord fades by our own individualized processes. This is what the principles are all about that we come here to learn about each week. And we must come back over and over to learn these principles. It's so easy to forget. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big forgetter. That's why I have to wake up every morning and do, you know, an hour of spiritual practice. That's how good my forgetter is to remind me of these presences. You know, those that, that need to know get to tell about it. And sometimes I actually go back and I listen to myself so that I can remember again the value of these. Because as we want to find this space of harmony so that what is old can become new. If you leave something around in the yard long enough, the universe will reclaim it and make it anew again. 
you know. I left something in the backyard, left a chair back there, it was broken, I was going to fix it, you know, that kind of thing. I don't want to throw this away. It just needs a screw, it'll be fine. I put it back there one day, the whole yard had reclaimed it, vines were growing all it, flowers were blooming off of it. It had been made new by the divine. If we wait long enough, it will become new again. And we can accelerate that process by reviewing the consciousness of our mind and moving through that, moving through that experience. You know, when you're sticking with the wallet here, when you go wallet shopping, they all have little pockets. They all have little inserts. The contents are different, but the base is the same. It's like us. Individualized expressions of the divine, little snowflakes, individual fingerprints, right? But our basic makeup is of the same. We all want happiness. We all want to see the end of suffering. That's our basic nature. We all want equal access to the divine gifts. There's a big movement now in our culture. We want, we're looking for, we've moved from looking for equality to looking for equity. I say the next movement is toward justice. You think about, maybe you've seen the cartoon. It's a, a cartoon image. And it shows three people looking over a fence. One person can see over the fence. The next person can barely see over the fence. And the third person is way unavailable to see over the fence. They are a little bit challenged with the height kind of thing, right? And so equality is to give everybody the same size box. Now, the tall person can see over the fence better. The middle person can barely see over the fence. And the third person still can't see over the fence. And then there's this thing called equity, where you give everybody a box that allows everyone to see over the fence. So the boxes are different sizes but everybody can see. But the next thing, and this is what we get to do in Science of Mind, this is the value of our teaching when we live this principle of oneness. We get to take down the fence so that everyone can see. That's what's available to us when we take these periodic moments to review the contents of our mind, the contents of our valuable space, the contents of our wallet. And when we do that, spirit smiles. Spirit says, yes. Yes, my beloved, and in you I am well pleased. It is my pleasure to give you the gift of love and harmony and peace and joy and support and happiness. To see the end of suffering. To live the vision and the mission statement that you put up on that screen each week. The Dalai Lama says, in our meditation, we must work at cultivating the attitude that just as myself have the desire to be happy and overcome suffering, so do all others. And just as I have a natural right to fulfill this aspiration, so do all others. Chuckle, chuckle, because he always smiles at the end. That's our opportunity to see and to appreciate the interdependence that is life itself. And we all have that interdependence. Our livelihood, the jobs that we have, someone hired us and we do a service for someone else. We're interdependent. Uh, Our homes, our dwelling, someone built it. If you built your own home, you went to a store somewhere and you got the materials to build it and you probably hired somebody to help you. Interdependence. Your sustenance, the food you eat. You go to the grocery store. You don't believe that we need this interdependence and that there's this this ability to to discriminate and decide. Try to go to the store and just pick up a lettuce. 
No, you kind of look around and you pick up the right lettuce. We're interdependent and we're also sharing this energy back and forth with one another. See, we're... we're, I just get touched when I think about this because the power that we have within our individual beings to be this big change in the world. And it doesn't have to be like major. They don't have to write books about you and have a Wikipedia page about you. It's just something that you do to shift the life of another. Heinz, the 57 guy, he used to say that heart power is stronger than horsepower. Are you willing to engage your heart power and then use that heart power to motivate your horsepower as you move into the change that takes place in your lives? Can you cultivate love and live in a space of transparency where you're honest with yourself and honest with others, vulnerable and open? One of the other things that, that Henry Hines did, he was one of the first people to package his products in clear bottles so that everyone could see what was in his packaging because he believed in organics, he believed in purity, he believed in cleanliness, and he believed in his common man. He believed in everybody having the same joyous experience of life so that in his factories, if you worked on the line and you touched the food, you could go for free manicures because he had manicures at his factory in the 1800s, 1900s, early 1900s. This is a guy that had a swimming pool. He piped in music to the lunchroom because he knew that happy workers were better workers. That's what he wanted, that's the environment he wanted, and that's the environment he gave. If you want the environment to improve, be that improving environment and provide it in your own experience of life. That's how we experience unity. So as we move forward and think about this wallet and, and what's in here and all the various gadgets and stuff that we, that we take, is it, is it useful? Do we still need it the way we do? Or maybe do we want to change a few things? Like maybe instead of having a driver's license in your wallet, we have a, an ID card that says, citizen of planet Earth. Right? And, 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 you, and, and your address is Earth and your, your citizenship is a creative being. And, and instead of having the, the Costco bulk card, maybe you have a law of mind card that plugs into limitless opportunities in this infinity that we live within, this, this space of place of oneness that has, not only is it limitless creativity available to you, but it's, it's no fee creativity. It costs you nothing, no charges putting these new contents and accepting that there is a divine intelligence that knows and that will guide us that we can follow into our greater yet to be. That we can do this and in doing so we can rise from confusion to a place of certainty. We can rise from doubt to a place of faith. We can move into uh, an understanding that, that when we that, that, that when we uh, begin to discriminate we can discriminate in a place it's not wrong to discriminate. As I said, you discriminate when you pick the lettuce head. You choose the one you want. It's, it's, not, the, it's not that part that's wrong with it. We, we make choices. It's the way we make the choices and the kind of choices that we make. And that comes to what are our belief systems and how do we work those belief systems. See, Dr. Holmes says it's a very simple thing that's happening. It's a very simple thing that's happening in this game of life. And he puts it like this. He says, life is asking only this to play the game of life the way it's supposed to be played. And how is it supposed to be played? In unity and cooperation with others. 
Are you willing to play the game of life in unity and cooperation with others? This would be a good time to say yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not only does he give the answer and the solution, he also gives us a way of affirming it. We're strong in affirmations. Are you willing to join me in affirming that we're willing to play in unity and in cooperation? If you are, let's do this together. Here it is. Here I am. I am truth. I am wisdom. I am love. I am peace. I am eternal goodness. Accept me. And so it is. This is our moment to go into the healing prayer, as it's called. I've renamed it our center to the revealing prayer because I believe in the infinity of the universe. And if there's infinity out there and we are in the middle of it, and try this out, think about infinity. If you think about all the way up, as far as you can go into infinity, all the way down, all the way to the left, all the way to the right, that leaves you where? Right in the center. We are always centered in the divine. So at this moment, before we go into prayer, I want to ask you, to just dive into your heart and think about what it is that you want to see moving forward in this experience of life. How can you bring more unity and cooperation in life? Hold that in your mind at this moment. Know that it's already a reality. And by this word that I speak, we make that reality real. We center our minds in the divine. And by understanding that we are one with it, we can activate a law that listens to the deepest understandings of our thoughts. This is why we go through and we sort through our beliefs so that they are pure and direct. Dr. Holmes says directed thought is more powerful than undirected thought. By knowing the contents of our mind, we know the contents of our thought. And we activate a law with assuredness and a conviction that brings forth harmony and peace, joy and understanding, the healing of relationships, the working, the moving into the right working situation, finding the right home, healing the planet, bringing people together in a sense of love joy and unity. If you're feeling that presence and feeling the gratitude of a power that we can use that is using us, affirm this truth with me now as we release this prayer into that infinite law that loves to say yes, yes, by saying, and so it is. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. To make a donation, please visit milehighchurch.org.